All right, so we've been talking about being content with God uh, just for the sake of time today, so I don't have to keep you here long. I won't do a, a full review. I think this is uh, content in God for. Um, I would uh, recommend and suggest that maybe just take some time to walk through the videos um, on your own. Uh, the, the live messages are archived. Uh, but let's, let's, we talked, we ended last week, we, we, we were in a category of there's friends, uh, contentment has friends. You know, of course, contentment has enemies, and we'll get to that later. But we, we, we left off with 1 Corinthians 15. So let's, let's get back to 1 Corinthians 15. How many people were at discipleship class today? Did, did that, you said online? What? Well, you, that counts. You can put your hand up. <laughs> that counts. Oh, you, you, uh, were you impacted by that teaching today? You know, just the, just the reality of maturity, but just some of the, the intentionality of being mature, you know. Um, yeah, that, that, you know, Master Life Discipleship class taking our, us to another level. I'm watching everybody. And I, I, I have somebody, I have people that I'm connected to, different places that are different parts of the country that, that chime in and might be looking now, but they said, uh, see, I could tell uh, the people at the church are growing. And some of them know y'all, you know, because, you know, fast week, you know, so many people get a chance to teach. That's like 12 people four times, four times a year, right? So after a while, after, after a couple of cycles around, people know you because they know your testimony. And, and some of them were like, I remember when that first person first spoke and I saw them last fast week. Oh my God! You could tell that they're really growing, and and you could they're in the word and their maturity and their insight and their flow. So people are really being inspired by uh, the entire family, you know. And uh, the last couple of Wednesdays we had uh, you was first. It was you. All right. So a uh, minister Lamar, God giving word, you know. Yeah, God, I'm still, you know, I'm picturing the whole Holy Spirit flowing, like, and then uh, Lou with Mask Off, you know, did a powerful job with Mask Off. Uh, uh, how many guys chimed in the guy talk yesterday? Ed did a great job, didn't he? Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> it was a powerful job, and thank you for being transparent, sharing your testimony. But I'm sure at the end of it, you realize some things, too. You know, you realize that maybe that's why you as God had you flowing in the spirit. You know, Ed was talking about his testimony, how he made one decision and it could have cost him everything. And he's sitting here before you now and they're in search of land for their dream home. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right. But, but, but Ed, on the other side of that, if that decision would have went the other way, you wouldn't be looking for no dream home now. Right? You be in a, you wouldn't even be in position to get that raise. Ain't God good? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't God good? You know, sometimes you, you be so busy rolling, you don't realize all the stuff he's doing. You got to stop and recognize that God. <laughs> Ain't that right, Jamal? Oh, Jamal did get that job. Remember the job he came up, prayed about? Look, talk about full circle. Yeah, the vision is full circle. That, and that was another. He made, made a dumb mistake. If you don't mind me calling it dumb. I, 
I probably, some other words, you know, stupid, idiotic, right? But made a crazy mistake and really hurt the person that, that you was, that gave you the job or employed you or was your supervisor. I don't know what the, the, the situation was, but the person was kind of hurt. Um, and so, so he ended up going from one level to a level that I'm just happy to, ha to, to, to have a physician, right? And here, full circle, not only does the person call him, he gets a job better than the job he just finished giving a testimony on with more money. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Man, come on. You can't make this stuff up, man. And it's, you know, full circle, 10th year anniversary. That's it's their 10th year anniversary. Come on. I love this. All right, anyway, let me just get to what we're supposed to be talking about today. I just, I'm just blessed to be around such so, so, so great, blessed people. Man, that turnaround was what? How long? <laughs> you answer any way you want to. That turnaround was how long? So, so, Sharon, how long was the turnaround? Just whatever you're thinking about. From the fall of last year? Oh, the fall. I forgot y'all. I forgot y'all got titles. My bad, my bad. My, my bad, my bad. I forgot, I forgot. So the fall is how they categorize what took place. Okay, from the fall. Go ahead. Three years. So let me ask you this. If you was in a situation that you were told you were going to go through something that was going to be painful and scary and create a world of uncertainty around you, but you only had to go through it for three years and you'll be much more blessed than you ever was before, would you take that step? Yes. Like, <laughs> I just want you to think through some things. Just one thing, just want you to think through some things. Because we be thinking it's going to take 25 years, but if you commit it and you all in, it don't take that long. Amen. Man, I, listen, they're, they're, like, they're like our children. That's three years? I wouldn't wish that. I wouldn't wish the pain, but I, wish it, I, I love the blessing. <laughs> I love the blessing. Um, and just scratching the surface. We already talked about that, right? Actually, the last promotion God said it was just scratching the surface, right? <laughs> Woo! If you could see what I see. All right, so let's get to 1 Corinthians 15 eventually, all right? It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as, as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So it's, it's so steadfast, unmovable, rooted and grounded in God. That's a contentment word, to be rooted and grounded. To not, uh, we, uh, we talked about this in discipleship class this morning. The spiritually mature is not easily pulled away with temptations, right? Because they're content. They're locked in with God. So I'm going to read this out in the Amplified. I read it to you last week. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, in the Lord is not futile. Right? 
is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. See, so our contentment is if I'm doing things, and we talked about this this morning in the Master Life class, as unto the Lord. So not unto people. Matter of fact, the scriptures that we went through this morning, the Lord was just showing how this whole living right and holy and be thou holy as I am holy, be thou perfect as I am perfect, is, is not as much about when I walk before, well, that's my wife, I got to be right before her, but when I walk before you all, it's before God. Now, if, I, if, I, if, if I'm right before God, I'm automatically going to be right before you all. You see what I'm saying? So the standard is not, oh, are you judging me? I say, hey, ain't nobody perfect. See, 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 my, see, I'm not really, it's not even about me dot my eyes and crossing my T's in front of you. It's about me making sure I can stay in a holy place with God. So I got to be holy to be in a holy place with God. I just can't be walking to God all polluted. That's why Jesus came. To cleanse us and present us a certain way. So, so when I'm in compromise, do I think about how it's going to affect my relationship with God? You see what I'm saying? So it's not even about, hey, Pastor, keep on talking about uh, just uh, be holy and discipline. Come on, bro. You know, ain't nobody, nobody perfect. No, it's about how close do you want to be with God? So you have to think about and how much do you want to access in his presence? That's what it's about, right? So, so, so that was earlier today. I just thought I'd give you a little snippet from Master Life Discipleship class. Let's go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. And so, so we had talked about whatsoever state you are in, therewith be content. When we went through Hebrews um, in the previous weeks. Um, so it's, so uh, remember, if I'm... Uh, if I'm rich, I'm good there. If I'm not as rich, I'm good there. So whatever position I'm in, I'm not trying to be more than enough, and I'm not trying to have less than I need. I just want to be in, in, in my resting contentment with God, right? And so now I'm not looking to my left and looking to my right. I'm just rolling with God. All right, so Colossians 1, <clears throat> and we'll start here at verse 19, Colossians 1.19. Am I at 19? Okay, Colossians 1.19. It says, uh, <clears throat> for, it, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell in Christ, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to recounsel all things unto himself. So God's trying to recounsel all things to himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he recounseled. See, sometimes we were alienated in proximity, but sometimes we were just alienated in our mind. Think about when you don't think you're right with somebody, it's hard for you to approach them, even in your marriages. You know, if you think that that person, yeah, they said they forgive me, but they really didn't forgive me, your your exchange is different. You're kind of walking on eggshells. You're not flowing the same. So he says if if the adversary can get in your mind and have you second-guess the relationship, you don't approach God the same way. Right? You don't flow the same way. And it says sometimes you are alienating your mind. The Scripture tells us to cast down all imaginations and every eye thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus for a reason. 
Because he says, if you don't cast down those thoughts, they're going to they're gonna stay in your mind long enough for you to act them out, and you'll act out alienating yourself from God, right? So he says, I don't want you to do that, right? All right, so, so what did I just read? <laughs> I'm at 21 now? Or I just read 21? All right, verse 22. It says, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. So, so in the body of Christ's flesh through death, he paid the price to present you holy and unblameable, unreprovable in his sight, in God's sight. If you continue, uh-oh, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, right, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Where, this is whereby Paul made a minister. So, so, so it's one thing Christ giving us access, but we talked about this in Master Life. We have to continue in it. We have to continue in it, right? I'll read this out of the Amplified. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness the, of deity and the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, powers, and attributes to dwell permanently in him, that's the Son, through the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of, of, of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were at one time estranged and alienated, look, look, and hostile-minded towards him, participating in evil things, yet Christ now has re recounseled you to God in his physical body, inside his physical body through death, in order to present you before the Father holy and blameless beyond reproach, holy and blameless beyond reproach, See, that's that contentment word, nothing missing, nothing missing, right? And he will do this if you can, he will do this if, he will do this if you continue in the faith, well-grounded and steadfast, not shifting away from the confident hope that is a result of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven of which Gospel, I, Paul, was made a minister. So it says if you continue in the faith and stay rooted and grounded, if you stay content in God, right? He said he done set you up where you're unreprovable, unreproachable in Christ. See, 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 see someone setting you up like that is saying in Christ, you're, 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 remember we talked about contentment is peace, uh, like, you have nothing missing, nothing lacking. The adversary has nothing to accuse you of. Remember in the Scripture when, when, when Jesus was rolling with the fellas and he said, yeah, Satan's coming. But, but Jesus was like chilling. You know why? Because he was like, he ain't got nothing in me. What he was saying is there's nothing in me for him to access to accuse me of. Uh, I saw a movie, you know, I was a movie guy. I don't know if it was called Gabriel. I think it was called Gabriel. But it was kind of off, like Gabriel was playing a role like Michael would play. You know, you know, Michael was the archangel, the warrior. Gabriel was the messenger. And Lucifer back in the day was the, the worshiper, right? And so in this movie, they were stuck in this house and demons was, 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 was coming at them, right? But the, for whatever reason, the demons couldn't get through. They couldn't get through the boarded up house. But the demons figured out how to access the house. 
they access the house through different people when they open themselves up to fleshly things. So somebody who's tripping got mad and got angered. All of a sudden, they start tripping. The demon got inside their body. That's how they got in the house. Then somebody else started lusting after somebody. The demons got inside their body and got in the house. So they needed something to access. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm an old school, uh, you know, Marvel superhero guy. I used to draw them years ago. And, uh, and our, uh, what's, it, what's, what's the guy? What is it? Is it Magnesi? Magneto. Yeah, that's it. And so remember, he's locked up in a glass prison because if there's metal, he has power. And, they, and, and he had his assistant inject the guard with iron. <laughs> and the guy came to serve him. He said, somebody had too much iron in their diet today. <laughs> and he drew the iron out of his body, created weapons to break out of the glass. But he needed something in him to access for him to break out of being bound. Whatsoever you bound on earth shall be bound on in heaven, whatsoever you loosen us shall be loose in heaven. Right? So, so, so we, can't, we can't have nothing in us. We have to be content in God, right? I, so, 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 so rooted and grounded is contentment, right? The scripture says in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, to be rooted and grounded in his love, right? Right. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. Uh, well, we'll just read it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. So, so, so here, you know, Christ has given us this access by his death, burial, and resurrection, right? And so we have to continue in this by faith. And so now his job was to give us the access, right? Makes sense, right? Our job is to hold on, <laughs> right? Is to, to, to stay in faith. What do you think the adversary's job is? to try to get, pull us out of God's presence, to, pro, try, to try to snatch us from the pole. How is he going to do this? Is it going to be obvious? The scripture says, the wiles of the devil, right? Right? It says he's sneaking whom he may devour. It didn't say, oh, the devil's just devouring folk. May. Seeking who he can have access to. Scripture says sin is lying at the door. Just open it a little bit. I just need a crack. Give me a crack. Right, so it's not just all access. You know, I tell my, my son and my family, hey, you have all access. I don't care what I'm doing. If you call, I will respond to the call. At least I try to. I think I'm 99, 44, 100%. I do pretty good, right? So, but they have all access. You know, if you're family, you got all access. Don't worry about nothing. You got access. So, does the devil have all access? He shouldn't, right? 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 That's the thought, right? He shouldn't. But sometimes we, we, we leaving the door open. <laughs> right? We leaving the door open. And then we go, I don't understand why this has happened to me. I live for God. Is there any doors? Did you close all the doors? Because uh, we pick around the house. Hey, you go through stuff, turn the lights off. So sometimes we pick around. I was like, babe, you got all the lights on in the house. <laughs> I said, so, so listen. The place is bright, just like her. Yeah, she's beautiful and bright. Place is bright. So I be going around, you know, I'm like the light police, you know, just going around, turn the lights off, you know, right? Right, so, but, but, but uh, I was at the gym the other day, and I noticed something. I got out my car, and I saw a car, and the, and the door was open, 
but I thought the person was getting out. So I go in, I'm lifting, and then I forgot something. So I go back out to the car, and I recognize the car door is still open. Nobody's in it. Somebody left the door open. This is go Lexus. It's just left the door open. I'm not talking about left it unlocked. Left the door open. Now, someone like me, I went in there and said, hey, listen, somebody out there, out there they, they left the door open. But I guarantee you somebody walked by and be like, well, the door is open, man. You, you just invite me in. Come on, man. You left the door. It ain't my fault you left the door open. I guarantee you that's the adversary. You're like, God, you keep getting on me for, for, for harassing them and doing what I'm doing. They left the door open. See, accuser can only accuse you of something. You have to give them something. When you go to the courtroom before the judge God, the, the accuser can only say, hey, according to the laws, I got access. But if we ain't giving them nothing, he can't do nothing. Then we go, see, I have people trying to judge me. Listen, the judge is God who will pass the final sentence. But the accuser is accusing you based on what you're doing. He ain't making up nothing. Matter of fact, he ain't going before God if, if you ain't doing nothing. He, it's God here. He can't just be making up nothing. He's trying to go before. He needs you to give him ammunition. He needs, you, he needs that trial. <laughs> he needs that court trial. He needs that trial to keep going on. You ever just feel like you've been in a trial forever? He needs that trial. You know, uh, we need a continuance. Uh, Your Honor, could I get another continuance? Uh, well, can I get another continuance? I will come back, you know. And he just needs that. He needs the weight of that trial on you. He already know he's losing. But he needs the weight. And then he needs, he sent out his investigators, his little demons, to find some more dirt to go, oh, hold on, hold on. That, I mean, they made a good case last week, but hold on. What about this? I found this. Oh, well, well we have new evidence. Oh, we're going to have to continue this uh, to another day. So you're still in a trial. But, but what do you know about trials? You want them over, right? They're costly, aren't they? <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? So that's what he's trying to do. But we don't want to give him access, right? So we got to stay rooted and grounded. So here, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, it says this. Look, look, look. It says, we are troubled on every side, look, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. And, the, and that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Right? So, so here, he's saying, there's things coming at us, and they have a certain intimidating presentation. But if I'm content in God, <laughs> they don't have the effect. See, the weapon was formed, but it can't prosper. <laughs> right? It was formed, but it can't prosper. The, the challenge is when weapons are formed and they're prospering. <laughs> See, but that can only happen with us being outside of the presence of God. It can't happen with us being in the presence of God. See, so we have to get to a place where we're content with not knowing what people are thinking and not knowing what is going to happen in our future. That's ultimately empowering. 
it's, that's ultimately empowering. Because, you know, I read this, as this is the reality that you're, we're living with most of the time. Trying to learn, learn it all, eat it all today. Because think about it, like we're, 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 we, we stretch ourselves out. Let me show this. Are they doing this? What's this conspiracy? Okay, what's in that, 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 that needle? What's in that needle? What are they trying to do? Hey, they trying to take, hey, what's the law? They're trying to play me. We're, think about it. If we sit back and look at all the things that we try to make sure don't happen to us, like you never run out. So how, why not just be content in God? He says he'll keep them in perfect peace. What? Whose mind is stayed on him. Now that peace, remember we said, having everything you need. But what do you think the adversary's job? Our job, God says, I got you covered. Right? Our job is to believe it. What's the adversary's job? To introduce doubt. All he needs is to second guess God and what God has for you. Just second guess it. And what do we do? Now we panic. How many of us made some dumb decisions because we got, we panic? You know, just fear, fear, fear moves. You know, remember we did the message, faith moves? I'm talking about fear moves. I done made some fear moves. You know, that's, I've left jobs. Oh, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I leave and I was like, why not stay at that job? Right? Fear moves. I made, you made fear moves, right? I, I, you know, I was pursuing basketball, so I was playing for teams, and one thing didn't work out. Instead of me, I wasn't resting in God, and I was just talking about God, but I wasn't resting in him. I leave and go to another team. It was worse. Even though they promised me so much stuff, it was worse. They just wanted me on the team, so they didn't have to play against me. I was like, man, I was better off where I was at. You know what I'm saying? But, but it was a fear move, right? And so God wants us to, you know, we talked about faith moves before, but to be content in him. So we must stop looking for quick fixes if we're going to be content in God, right? Look, look, look. Okay, we can relate to this, right? You ever, like, take medication because the other medication ain't take, ain't kick in yet? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you're in pain, you take something for the pain, and, and it ain't kick in yet, so you take something else. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now, I, I did this and fell out in a club. You know, because all the stuff hadn't kicked in yet. So, so, so every time somebody offered me something, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Because I was the guy that you could just, it was, this is negative, but I was down for everything. That was my thing. You, oh, I'm down. You know, you, I'm down. My number one line, you could call me, what you say? You was, uh, you, you was all, all, you're always ready for a vacation yesterday. Well, I was always ready for a different type of vacation. Right? So I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. And one, this one day, the devil sent a lot of people giving me stuff. Not just give, hey man, you want this? Hey, you want, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. It all kicked in at the same time. Fell out. They took, every, took everything in America to, to bring, me up, bring me back conscious. Yeah, I was down, literally. <laughs> well, I was in a situation where I might not be sitting here talking to you. Right? One for the grace of God, right? Yeah, so, 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 but that was a fear move or, you know, sometimes we move by feelings. And so contentment here has enemies. We talked, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about contentment friends. Contentment has enemies. One of contentment's number one enemies is comparison, right? Let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, 
We're in four. Let's go to ten. It's a familiar scripture here at this church. You hear me talk about it all the time. It's helped me in my life. Hopefully it'll help you. All right, so verse 12. It says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number, you know, conformity and all that, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, right? It says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's right there in the Scripture. It's, but think about it. We're around people that s- establish their own standards, not God's. And then if we don't meet the standards that they're established, that they're measuring themselves by, we feel like we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Uh, as me and my son was talking about this. We was uh, just talking about my grandson's transition now in basketball. We were talk- so I said, I, said, I said, son, I said, you know, we just got to help him not to try to get respect among fools. Before I could finish the sentence, my son said, respect among fools. Dad, I remember when you told me that, right? So, you know, that's the thing. People are trying to get respect among fools. And so you're comparing yourself instead of to your design by God, you're comparing yourself to other people's accomplishments and the things they do. Guess what? You can't beat them if you try. Remember we said you can't fly with somebody else's wings, all right? So don't spend your time measuring their wings. Spend time exercising yours, right? You'll find yourself flying higher if you could do that. So let's go to Matthew 20. So comparison is dangerous because we're not going to be content with God when we start comparison. We could be doing the right thing in the right position at the right time. As soon as we see somebody else doing something better, greater, or out ahead of us, now we get antsy and we... Now we start to second guess what we're doing. So we were so happy when we got the promotion. Somebody else gets a, a better promotion. We go, well, I don't understand. And when's my turn? Well, you was just happy just, just, just three weeks ago. Why don't you just keep going on your path? Don't worry about what they're doing. Just stay on your path, right? They just got a house. Okay, it was their turn to get a house. What do we say? Everybody has a birthday, right? Let them enjoy their birthday. Your birthday's coming. You know, but should we all get presents on everybody's birthday? So we're a family, you know, because I had to teach my grandkids this. You know, somebody's birthday come and they, they were sad. I said, what you sad for? We're going to celebrate your birthday too. Your job is to celebrate their birthday. No, I'm not buying y'all presents just so you, you won't feel sad. No, it, I want to teach you how to celebrate somebody else. Because you got to do it for the rest of your life. Guess what? We have a family. We have a family. And birthdays popping up all over the place. This is promotions, you know, uh, breakthroughs, houses, healing, all types of stuff. Okay, well, we got to be happy for it because it's their birthday, right? But our birthday coming. Hey, your birthday coming. Simmer down. You're getting your presents. Stay on the way. Right? <laughs> All right, so, so, so this is a, a wonderful parable, um, Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, obviously it wasn't an actual penny that we believe, um, a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So they, he met with these guys. He says, man, I need some... I'm going to need to hire you. I can hire you for a penny. Oh, cool. How much? A penny. Just pick a hundred thousand, okay, if that makes you happier, right? But they agreed on a price. 
they were happy with the price, correct? Amen. Right? He says, and he went out about a third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Now, the first ones went based on conditions, based on knowing what they were going to get paid. The second ones went on faith saying, I'm going to go. I'll just be happy with whatever he gives me. Right? Again, he went out about a sixth hour and a ninth hour and did likewise. Same thing he did with those. And about 11 hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why stand ye here all day idle? They said unto him, because no man has hired us. He said unto them, go ye into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. So, so, so when uh, even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to the steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the 11th hour, they received every man a, a penny. So even the people that were hired at the end received the same thing as those he hired at the beginning. It says, but when the first came, they supposed that they should receive, should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. <laughs> and when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us. Remember that. He said they made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did not thou agree with me for a penny? He said, take, <clears throat> take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto the last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first shall be last, for many shall be called but few chosen. <laughs> Keep thinking I got reading glasses. All right, so, so this is the thing. Why was the first offended? So let's say nobody else showed up. Would they have been upset? Yeah, they got upset because they compared. But they made this statement. They said, you made them equal to us. No, they weren't equal to who you are. They might have been equal in what you received. <laughs> but they're also not equal to what you're going to do with what you receive. Right? So see, they got caught up in the comparison. They weren't content with what they agreed to have. See, we're in situations like that all the time. We're praying to God, oh, Lord, send me. Now, now I, I think as we get older, we learn to be more detailed. <laughs> well, Lord said, well, I send you what you asked for. Now, what's the, what the problem is? <laughs> what the problem is? Oh, my bad. I, I probably forgot to ask that the person loved the Lord, loved me. And one so selfish, didn't slip that in there. I just wanted a body at the time. <laughs> My bad, right? But a lot of times we get what we pray for. Why are we complaining? Just let that, let that soak. Let, let, let that soak in. I don't have to say it again. It's ringing in your head, right? Right. And so what happened here is comparison stole their contentment. Comparison stole their contentment. We could even say this, comparison stole their faith. 
When we're content, we're in faith. We just trust God. We talked about that the other week. So we can say this, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says walk by faith and not by sight. We can say, see, we can say this, walk by faith and not comparison. See, because I have to see something else to even think to compare. But if I'm walking by faith, I'm not considering anything else. I'm locked into what God told me to do. I'm content in my situation where I'm at. When I start to look to the left, see, we lived this whole life just to do this. How you doing today? Hey, I ain't seen you in a long time. What you doing now? Yeah, yeah, you know, I have this uh, corporate position and such and such. We live our whole life for that. Just that. How long is that conversation? How often do you see the person? Well, we live our whole life. We even, you know, we, we, we go out our way to go around people that maybe looked down on us in high school or talked about us or, or rubbed stuff in our face. How often are you going to see that person? Some of us are living life with that person in our head all the time. Well, I can't take this job. What's Jimmy going to think? But that might be the first, the best job for you to build into what God purchased for you. It may be a job where you connect to somebody that has connections for you to do something else. But instead of you just taking that job, well, I, well, I don't know what Pete and them going to say. What about Rashida and them? You know, they, they can talk. Then don't be around them. What'd you say? I don't know if people say that anymore, but she said bump Rashida. <laughs> Hey, bumper, <laughs> right? You can tell our age, right? I knew exactly what you meant. You know, you got translated. Forget Rashida. Look, 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 look. Tanya even got the face. Her lips, like the bottom lip moved over here. Pump that girl. You know, she ain't all that anyway, right? But, but if you think about it, we live our whole life to just some of us will compromise and get into a relationship just so you could tell everybody else you're in one, even though you're going through craziness in it. As opposed to, well, we'll get to that later. I won't jump. She said, bump that relationship. <laughs> See, so, so the thing is, contentment covers all areas. <laughs> okay, contentment covers all Areas, even whether you unmarried or married. Let's look here. Uh, uh, let's see how I want to do this because I have a, a version. That's 32 to 35, so maybe I shouldn't read. It's so much. All right, so, all right, so 1 Corinthians 7, 20 through 28, I'm going to give you the scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians 7, 20 to 28. And it, man. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. 1 Corinthians 7. Sometimes you have to, put, so you have to set your eyes on it, you know. Um, and really, uh, 20 through 24, I've been living that my entire life, you know, knowing that when you're called, let's just, let's just read it, 20. It says, let every man abide or remain or or be content <laughs> in the same calling wherein is called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. Don't worry about it. But if thou mayest be free, use it rather. It says, for he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man. 
Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Excuse me. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Be content with God. And so, so, so if we can bring it to practical terms, you're working at McDonald's, but God has called you to this major corporation or this major ministry. The scripture is saying abide faithful where you're at at McDonald's. God, and try, be content with God, knowing this, uh, Philippians 1.6, be confident in this very thing that he has begun a good work, will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Be confident, be content in this very thing. He's begun a good work. He's telling you what he wants to do in your life. So what he's, he's calling you to press into him while you're still at McDonald's. Not, oh, God's called me to be over here. Let me, let me leave and go over here. Then you, you're over here. Let me leave. Because you're constantly looking for the place or the, the locale that you're supposed to be as opposed to your locale in God. Right? And so whatever, you, you, you know, you work in, um, I don't know, corrections and God calls you to the NBA. What he's saying is be faithful in where you are and watch him evolve you in what he wants you to do. Right? Learn, so we have to learn how to be content. We're just moving. We're constantly moving. And all we're doing is starting over, starting over, starting over, starting over. We're just creating delays. Um, and so uh, they won't post this online because this is an audible. But uh, the amplified version of 32 and 35 says this. This is, but I want you to be free from concern. So, so the whole process, 1 Corinthians uh, 7, 20 to 28, he's given different contrasts as if you're, whether you're married. He says, be content in being married. Don't look not to be married. He says, if you're single, be content in being single. Don't be rushing to be married. Just be content in that state. Let me just roll you in. He says, but if you're single and you get married, fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's like, just, it's okay. You know, just... We're, uh, what do we talk about? Matthew 6. Uh, take no thought saying. Like, don't worry. Uh, Philippians 4. Uh, be careful for nothing. Worry for nothing. Through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto him. Philippians 4, 6. All right, so this is saying, but I want you to be free from concern. The unmarried man, this is the Amplified, 1 Corinthians 7, 32-35. It says, the, un- the unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, Uh, the unmarried man, how he may please the Lord, but the married man is concerned about worldly things, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or the virgin is concerned about the matters of the Lord, how to be holy and set apart both in body and in spirit. Interesting. But a married woman is concerned about worldly things, how she may please her husband. Now, I say this for your own profit, not to restrict you, but to promote what is appropriate and secure, undistracted devotion to the Lord. So what he's saying is our goal is contentment in the Lord more than all these these things that we focus on. We're creating too much weight and stress, positions and, and relationships. All these things are a part of life, but they're not more valuable than our connection with the Lord. Maintain that. So then he's saying, so, so, so like in our situation, we're married. When he's saying divided, he ain't saying 50-50. What he's saying is my, our contentment with the Lord now is shared in a whole other flow because now I have to consider the things that's important to my wife, you know, 
happy wife, happy life. What makes, you know, what I make happen for her, now I have to trust God to make happen for me. But I don't have to do all that if I'm just with the Lord and I'm single. I can just embrace it alone. I have nothing distraction, distracting me from my devotion to God, my contentment in God. Same thing with a wife. She, she's concerned about the things that are important to me, right? So, so it, it can be a pull. But ultimately, we win if we're content in God in whatever the situation is. You know, so sometimes we spend our whole time like almost like with a, uh, on a monitor watching the people in our lives and seeing how many things they're doing to please us. And as soon as, they, oh, 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 like, like this, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, like we're really like uh, top secret security. So we, <laughs> we have our, we just sitting at the monitor all day. Oh, no, 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 no. You forgot to call me. Oh, no, no, you forgot to do this. Well, why did you put that over there? You know, I don't like stuff over there like that. Like we spent our whole day doing that. But, but that frustrates us, but I don't see us getting upset because, man, I didn't have my devotion time with God today. Man, I haven't been pressed in with God today. So what we're saying is are, are, are these little things that really don't make and break a marriage, but we're making it make or break a marriage, is more important than our communion with God. That's dangerous. So we have to be content with God. And we process things better. So I was talking to the guy, the, 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 the plumber, um, uh, the other day. So he's, he's from a different country. So we were talking last night here. And um, he, was, he, was just talk, he, he was talking about the process of, you know, how you, you're in a relationship and, and how you're really trying to navigate the relationship. So he's trying to communicate it best he could in our language. So, so you know, our conversation was a little longer because I was like, okay, did I say the right word? And he was probably saying, am I saying the right word? But we had a good conversation about the same thing, how there's so many other things that get you so caught up besides God. Like, we, we, so, so I love the Lord, do you? Do you love him more than your comfort? Do you love him more than your sheets folded a certain way? Or your socks put in a certain place? Man, have the socks put in the right place, man, and have the seats fold a certain way. I'm not telling you not to do that. Somebody going to go home and be like, well, pastor said this ain't important. <laughs> Boy, there's going to be some stuff going on at the house now. Be like, uh, hey, did you put that? Did, did, did you fix that door? Oh, I, was, I, was, I, was, uh, I was in my study with God. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, did you get the oil change? Ah, I was reading the word. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was just rolling. Hey, pastor said. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me in trouble. You know, people be going home doing stuff like that. Re, hey, look, look, remixing the sermon. <laughs> you know, like, is, did he, is that exactly what he said? Did you splice some of that and change that around a little bit? Y'all be doing that. Y'all come to me and ask me something and tell me something that I did not say. I was like, where was you at? So by the time it go, gets to you, you done processed it, broke it down, and, and, and customized it into, I can still do this compromise. And then come to me, well, you said, Pastor. And what, some of y'all, if y'all honest, if I tell you to stand up right now, you'll stand up. You know what my response is always. What did I exactly say? 
Now let's walk through it. Right? So, so come on, y'all. We got to do right. All right? Let's do right. <laughs> look, look, uh, so I think this is the message version. He says, uh, I want you to live free of complications as possible. Uh, when you're married, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. When you're unmarried, I'm sorry. Marriage involves you uh, in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. You got unmarried folk going, man, like, I'm just so depressed because I'm not married. Well, you got something to do with your time. Because, <laughs> you know, like, sometimes when you're teaching, like, you hear, like, hey, amen. It'd be like, whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see smiles. And there's some things you say, it, All right, Pastor. All right. All right. You going to do me like that? <laughs> I'm not trying to do you anyway. I'm just trying to help. I, if you notice, it's, it's like, so, so I, I like this whole contentment thing because, like, even Jesus, he was so content. He wasn't about trying to posture or prove himself because he knew who he was. So he was content in his design. And that's what God is saying. Be content in your design. But when we start to posture or to prove ourselves, which is comparison, right? We're not content. And the Bible assumes we're going to be content whether we're single, married, or whatever. The Bible is just assuming that we understand contentment. Now, now, now for the little bit of time we have left, I, wanna, I want us to understand contentment is wholeness. Contentment is wholeness. The scripture says in Exodus 14, 13, and 14, it says, fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, we talked about that here before in our, in our new birth class, um, which we're going to bring back. Uh, salvation, from the Greek word sozo, it means wholeness. It's not just deliverance. You know, sometimes you, yeah, uh, I'm saved, I'm delivered. That's a part of it, but it covers every aspect of your life. Wholeness covers salvation, is every, whatever you need. It's, uh, it's peace, it's, it's, it's deliverance, it's welfare, it's prosperity, right? So the scripture says this, it says, Beloved all, I wish you prosper, me good health, even as your soul prospers, right? First Thessalonians, well, that's 3 John 2, right? Right? That's what I just quoted. No, 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Uh, and then 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, May the Lord sanctify you wholly spirit, soul, and body. So, so think about it. Sometimes we work on our bodies because, you know, I, me and my wife had these conversations. You know, people throw on the lashes. They throw on the hair. They throw on everything. Now you throw on hips. You can throw on whatever. You, you, just, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can go to the store. And just, you can go to the store. Like we all like, we should be in Hollywood. We, we all like sweet actors. You know how they make them look old and young. Like, I think the coming American movies, they put on different faces and stuff like that. Sometimes they give them guts. Uh, they don't have to now. They actually have guts. But, <laughs> but, 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 but my point, 
Sorry, my bad, y'all. But my point here is, is like the work to put on something, you know, as opposed to, to, to recognize uh, there's more than just how your outer shell looks. So you want to you wanna grow your, you, you want to discipline your body, do that. But you also want to discipline your mind, do that. But your most important part is your spirit. Why is the spirit being mal- dealing with malnutrition, being atrophy? Why doesn't it get to eat? It's who we are. We have a, a, a choice station, mind, will, emotion, intellect, and imagination that's housed in our mind. Yes, that's good. But, and we have this body, which we already know is aging every year, every month, every day. Our spirit is what's going to live through eternity. Why aren't we feeding our spirit? Spirit is indeed willing, the flesh is weak. We've talked about that, right? And so when you think about this wholeness, salvation, sozo, wholeness, it also is peace, that same word for peace, um, nothing missing. So I thought about this uh, in Mark chapter 5. Um, young lady, uh, remember, remember she, Jesus was in the town, healed everybody, left the town, and then because he was going to the, the, the hierarchy of the demonic influence. You know, he was taking out the, the top level demons because he came to destroy the works of the devil. Then the scripture says, he said, let us go back to the other side. So that means he went back to where he was. But if somebody, all these people was getting healing, I guarantee this woman said, hey, if he ever comes back, I'm getting my healing. And, 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 and one of the ways people were getting healing, they were just touching them and getting healed. And so the story's just going around, man, I just touched them. Yeah, I don't even know if he knew who I was. All I know is I'm healed. Are you healed? And so she said, she heard Jesus was in town. She says, if I could just touch him, I'm going to be made whole. She didn't just say healed, if I could just touch him. So, you know the story, she touched him. Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciple says, uh, all these thousands of people that's trying to throng you because they're trying to get theirs too. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about naturally. Somebody touched me spiritually. He said, virtue went, power went out of me. And the young lady said it was me. And so he said, hey, daughter, thy faith, Matthew 5, 25 to 34, when you get a chance, you can look through it. So, daughter, thy faith, key word here, faith is the opening up to me, being vulnerable, transparent, and humble towards me, has made you whole. He didn't just say you were healed, made you whole. He said, go thy way, key word, thy way, go, now go on, my, go on the, original, or the original path I have for you. He said something else to her. He said, be at peace. You have all you need, basically, he was saying. Nothing's missing. He says, be relieved of the plague, the bitterness, the offense, the anger that caused the sickness. Be relieved of what you exposed yourself to. So, 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 he, so, so he was saying a lot in that word, but he said, you're whole, go in peace. Remember, we talked about that's a part of the Jewish greeting, shalom. Peace means, is anything missing? Do you have everything you need? Are you content? So when he said go in peace, he was like, you have everything you need. Nothing's missing now. You hold, go on. Remember uh, you had the 10 lepers that rolled, rolled up on them, and um, they, you know, they, they was all lepers. He says, okay, listen, go to, go to the priest, do what you have to do with the priest, and you'll be healed of the plague. Why they started to walk, 
They hadn't even got to where they was going. Why they started to walk, the scripture says they got healed. One of them dropped to his knees and worshiped. One of them worshiped God because, oh my, and it said he screamed loud. Said he screamed loud in worship. He was so appreciative. I'm healed. I'm healed, man. I got healed, man. Like then he was like, he was feeling it. The other guys kept on rolling. But scripture indicates something, and he was a Samaritan. See, see, so, so Jesus was not, he was a Jew. So the other guys probably thought, man, I'm healed, but man, I can't go back, man, to be bound down to that dude. He's a Jew. So they see that they, they, they were thinking protocol and rules. They was considering everything but appreciate. Man, listen, I don't know what the rules was, but ain't none of them healed me. I've been keeping all these rules as a Samaritan, and I've been rolling as a leper. This dude that's not a Samaritan spoke before I got where I was going. I'm healed. Man, forget with the rules. That's what the one, the one leper did. And so when he came back, uh, Jesus told him that, he says, he says uh, be made whole. This was uh, Luke 17, 19. I'm skipping a whole lot of notes here. But he said, be, be made whole. So he, he got healed. So the other guys got healed, but it wasn't made whole. And, and this is the thing, nothing missing. When you made whole, nothing missing. So, so when you're given wholeness, you're given the ability to rest in wholeness, you're not looking for or expecting a return of the infirmity. You ever been healed of something and you be looking around for the pain? But when you're whole, Stella, you, you, it's, you ain't looking around, you ain't looking back, you ain't looking over, you're content in what God gave you. So God is, God's trying to get us to that place where there's nothing missing. See, that's how they operated. When they greet, greet each other, hey, 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 you have everything you need? Is anything missing? And so every time he spoke peace, peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. He was like, hey, you got what you need now. Because now when you're more in position, you talked about uh, he who won his souls is wise, right? Close, something like that when you're just praying. Yeah, right? Well, are you thinking about souls when there's a whole lot missing? You're thinking about your needs. But when your needs are met, it's easy to think about others. So God wants you to be filled with all this fullness so you don't have to be dealing with this stuff no more. That's why he made thee whole. Nothing was missing. First Timothy said, uh, no, I'm, uh, Acts 9, 34, Jesus, it says, Jesus make thee whole. Nothing missing. Right? The scripture says, what saith thee? The word is in, thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart. If thou confess with the mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Right? Well, when we talk about saved there, it's talking about salvation, wholeness. So when we attach our faith and believe with our mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we're saved, we're whole. So sometimes we're running from a commitment to God, not realizing we're avoiding a contentment in God. <laughs> See, we're, we're so busy trying to make sure we, 
we maintain our status before the compromised, we're missing out on a communion. And so, so now we're still operating on hustle. We still got to hustle through our, our, our lives. So a lot of people, and this is what's so tough, a lot of people are walking around thirsty because they're looking for a temporary fix. They're not getting contentment. Right? See, the thirsty aren't content. They're not content. And we're walking around constantly in a, a state of thirst because we don't understand the only thing that will quench our life is God. We have to rest in God. We have to press in God. Listen, some of us have dragged our lives out with so much work, so much hustle, so much grind. And God was like, what, what is it, the scripture? Uh, you talk about it a lot. This is Isaiah 1, 19. If you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. But I think the message said, if you only let me help you, I'll make you rich. Well, she uses it to, to pick with me. Honey, if you only let me help you, because, you know, I'd be doing, I don't need a lot of, I can, I can operate self-sufficient sometimes. Baby, you want me to do that for you? You want me to iron that for you? you want me to do I was like, baby, I'm good. Now, if you only let me help you. <laughs> right? Right. So, so God is saying that to us. Let him help us. Jesus went to, he gave up so much. The scripture says he became poor. That's without. Them that are without so that we might be rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know what that meant? He became poor so we could be content. Right? Luke 4, 19. And I might be, it might be 4, 18. I'm not sure. But it says, uh, the anointing is upon me or the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. But, but it said to preach the gospel. And we know gospel is good news. Amen. To who? So, uh, to the poor, right? The scripture actually says good news to the poor, right? And so we, we've boxed poor into just somebody you see with dirty clothes on or bacon. But it says the poor is them that are without contentment. Them that have something missing. Some of us are dressed up poor. I said some of us. I ain't say no names. But some of us are dressed up poor. We, we look better than some people that we deem as poor, but we, we have a lot missing because we're not content in God. And that's what the goal is, right? The goal is to be content with God. He's, the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, I've given you richly all things to enjoy. But he wants us so content that when he sends people in our path, because God said the members of the body as it pleases him, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. We're, it's, it's easy for us to reach out. But, but think about it. Some of us get tight. If you get a call or somebody come around and you think they're going to need, ah, I just finally got to a place where I got a little bank. Or, or what, did, what did Vito say the other day? Uh, racks. Yeah, I just got some racks. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I had to get hip to it. Yeah. That's the first time I heard that, right? He said, I just got my racks, man. I can't be. What you want, man? You know, like, but if you're, your cup is running over, if you're content in God, God can use you. The Bible says the generous soul shall be made fat. The liberal soul. But you're liberal, what? When you're content in God. But sometimes we were content in God until God gave us the abundance. Now we're content in the abundance. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's subtle. It's, 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 it's a slight shift, you know. Like, when you, and it wasn't that long ago. Like, you was coming up, and you was, God, man, I just, hey, man, God, just need God, 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 God. Then, then yeah, the blessings start falling down to be like, well, you know, I mean, I mean, I could see God next week. You know, I mean, I mean, God know I love him. You weren't saying that on the come up. But now that you come up, what happens when we get a overconfidence because we have dollars? Like that, that exempts you from being content in God. Well, I mean, how does, how does that happen? Because we have more access to things, the things are more important than the king. Surely God understands, you know, I have this access to be able to do. Is, is the king first? And I told my guy, I told my grandson, I said, listen, you're getting a lot of props for, for what you're doing right now. I said, but, but that still doesn't change. God is first. I said, you can't use God to get on this platform. And then once you get on the platform, that's the first person you forget about. So it was the first interview. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I've been through a lot, and I've established this business, and, you know, basically, you know, I, I'm just a resilient type dude, you know. Um, so, you know, in my resilience, I came up with strategies, and, and, and you know, I endured the suffering, and, and now I'm at this place where I'm rolling like that, you know, and I have this, uh, this, uh, this DVD that I'm selling um, for $149, you know, and um, it's my master plan on how I got to this level. And you'll be able to get to this level if you take some of my steps on how to be resilient and how to press through the storms of your life. And um, that's just, you know, it's just, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's just like that, you know? So God ain't missing at all. But God was the whole conversation to get to that point. But if you, see, this is the thing. Abraham, somebody said this the other day. They knew what Abraham would do. Actually, it was Gloria Copeland. Yeah. They knew, God knew Abraham was so content in him, no matter what level he went to, it will be the same focus. I'm going to show them you. I'm going to show them how to stay with you. I'm going to show them how to show theirs how to find you and stay with you. And then he, he knew that. So that's why Abraham was in abundance. If you notice, you never heard nothing stated by Abraham. Yeah, what? I'm the richest dude out here. What, what you got? Let me, hear you, let me hear your mouth. How much cattle you got? I ain't think so. How much property? I ain't think so. You never heard none of that. You heard them talking about Abraham's riches. You didn't hear Abraham talking about his riches. The Bible says, let another man praise thee, not with thine own mouth, not with thine own lips. Proverbs 27, 2. Right? So God wants us to be content because he needs people to benefit from our lives. So we can just loosen the tightness, loosen the desperateness, loosen the controls, and float with God. I think we'll be fine. It's the master key to what's frustrating our lives right now, what's frustrating our relationships was jacking us up at our jobs. All right, stand on your feet. That's enough for today. Content in God. I think that's going to be our last content in God message because next week is Resurrection Sunday. We're going to talk about the power of God.